1: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. Today, we're joined by Cincy Jungle's John Sheeran, providing an eyewitness report from training camp. He is attending most of the camps from here on out, as I understand it. You can find him on Twitter at John, is it underscore, underscore Sheeran?
2: Yeah, we're still at two underscores. waiting for that one single underscore account to deactivate, but until then, two underscores.
1: One day you'll find John at a different Twitter address, but until then, at John underscore underscore Sheeran. You can check him out for daily training camp videos and photos as he's there. He has some really good material, and he's been answering my questions in a prompt fashion, which I really appreciate. Yeah, John's the man, isn't he? He's okay. Yeah, you can say that.
0: Oh, no, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to Jake, but thanks a lot for flexing on us right away. He shows up with the AirPods. He's got this mannequin behind him with a, a skeleton mannequin with my logo on it. I think he's... What, with, what are you with trying your, to say, With your on? logo.
2: That's uh, my you logo. About, you want to talk about me flexing on, on this right now? Why is
1: that? <laughs> Let's just
2: move on. Jesus.
1: So, John, you were at camp today. I oh. saw that you talked about... One thing that stood out to me in particular was Carl Lawson working with a second unit on the defensive line, not even getting in for first-team pass rush. So can you tell us a little bit about interesting notes like that that you saw? It sounds like Sam Hubbard hasn't beat, at least for now, for that first-team pass rush.
2: Yeah, but isn't that kind of what we expected? We expected Hubbard to take over for Johnson when they're in, quote-unquote, base, and then Lawson comes in on third down or whatever. Um, When they were in their final, like, two-minute drill, like, towards the end of practice, you had Lawson out there with uh, Ryan Glasgow and Kerry Wynn on the inside as you're, like, pass rushing three techniques and you had jordan willis uh, at the other at the opposing uh uh defensive end spot but yeah i'm kind of surprised i'm seeing lawson just as much out there because i thought there was a report that he was going to be kind of reserved at least throughout training camp and preseason up until week one but he looks as flexible as, as we've seen him be you know coming off of that 20 cl and the same goes for glasgow as well so both those guys are, are, are looking fine um behind them at linebacker you don't really have much changes going on there you you still have Nick Vigil and Preston Brown as are starting nickel guys there Jordan Evans i guess you could say right now is Davance's perfect replacement in base as the third guy and, and as the weak side linebacker and they're, they're just reserving you know Jermaine Pratt and uh, Malik Jefferson with that second team or at least Jordan or excuse me Jordan Evans and Jermaine Pratt as your second team nickel linebackers as well um, and on the offensive line like the, the big story i guess with that is uh, Christian Westerman was out there with the, with the ones for the second practice in a row. Um, apparently, it's going to still be a rotation with John Jerry at that spot, but I think they're giving Weston more chances to succeed because they, are, they I guess they pretty much know who John Jerry is at this point, and everything else on the offensive line at the, at the moment is pretty much the same, even though they had uh, Andre Smith taking second-team left tackle reps instead of O'Shea Dugas, who was mainly that spot for the last couple of days, but you still have Ken Perkins backing up Bobby Hart at right tackle.
0: And basically nothing else has changed on the offensive line. Are we seeing anything exotic on the defense for the front seven, front six guys? I mean, are they switching up three, four, four, three or five, two, anything like that?
2: It's been mainly just, just pretty basic, you know, six man boxes. They've almost exclusively been in nickel. Like it's, it's been more rare to see seven man boxes right now. Um, and, and, for the most part it's just been single high looks where you have Bates or Brandon Wilson in the second team as your free safety back there and you have Sean Williams and Fedjelum either in the slot or acting as like as like that third linebacker but mm-hmm. it's been pretty much vanilla right now again there's only been one practice in pads and they're still kind of getting their feet under them but um, r- right now n- nothing too exotic in, in that sense cuz i think they're still kind of adapting to what the offense is installing at the moment but you know n- nothing too special to report
0: with John Ross being out Currently, uh, it sounds like he's on the rehab field still getting close. But it seemed like during OTAs and minicams from all reports, he was the guy running the jet sweeps and all that, you know, in in a Rams style offense. Who's doing that now? It's been
2: just a mix between either Erickson and the second team or just him, you know, playing the slots occasionally on the first team or also Cody Core. And right now with the receivers with Ross out. You have Cody Core and Josh Malone being on the field when they're in twelve personnel. So Tyler Boyd hasn't really seen like the snaps, or he's only seen the snaps on the first team when they're in eleven personnel. But he actually took a lot of like second team snaps in the slot. I don't know if there was something wrong with Erickson; he just had his helmet off, but he's he's still getting rotated in as well. But, yeah, you just have Core Malone and Boyd as your starting receivers, and you have core uh, running, running some reverses, running some jet sweeps, but it's mainly been Erickson who's motioning in there when they run inside zone or, or whatnot. And that was something that we saw from, I think, OTAs in those pictures as well. But uh, mm-hmm. it's been a, an even rotation, I guess, with, with all of those guys because, obviously, losing Ross with, with, with that sense is a, is a big loss, and it's just going to be a platoon to just replace him in that facet.
1: Do you think that there's a sense that there's a lot more true competition happening? I feel like we're hearing a lot more about open rotation at the receiver position. We've seen it at the left guard position with Taylor saying, and maybe Taylor's just honest and we're not used to the honesty. So when things actually happen the way Taylor says, you know, like the rotation at left guard, at first we thought, oh no, they're not going to rotate. It's just going to be John Jerry. And then lo and behold, Christian Westerman comes in. Are you getting the sense that there is this open competition, guys like uh who who's a rookie wide receiver? Damian Willis. Damian Willis getting snaps with the first team, for example.
2: Right. And and I think you're seeing that with Willis and Morgan, who I've seen both on the second team. Probably more so with Willis, because he's just making more plays. I think there's I think I think there's some of that going on with the linebackers, but mainly because uh, so the first practice without Chris Worley, who just got released yesterday. So you have guys like Noah Dawkins, who's looking really athletic, um, Sterling Sheffield, Curtis at- Aikens, those guys at the bottom of the linebacker depth chart, just scrapping on the third team. On the offensive line, like I said, Andre Smith was working at second-team left tackle uh, over O'Shea Dugas, but both those guys were kind of rotating in, in in on that spot. And like there, there was one play today where Westerman... Both Christian Westerman and John Miller both, I think, had a false start on the same play, so they were both yanked out of there for the second-team guys and then immediately brought back in there uh, as well. So a lot of similar uh, factors in terms of practice structure with Marvin Lewis and just how they kind of react on the fly. But yeah, I do think that there is definitely some open competition, specifically with the lower-level guys, the guys who are going to get most of the playing time in the preseason, and especially at those positions that are seeing either a lot of injuries right now or just a lot of uncertainty.
0: Um, a lot of the reports or from today that I read uh, is that the defense won the day. you agree with that? And I think the one highlight, you, it's got to be on a, a video you posted where Jesse Bates has the interception on a Dalton throw. Uh, everyone's like, well, Dalton completely underthrew this ball. Uh, there was pressure up front, obviously, D-line D beating the O-line there. But uh, has Dalton looked the same as he always is, or is he, did he struggle today? And is, was it more of the defense, or was it him?
2: I think if people are expecting Dalton to look any different in the four training camp practice, they're just expecting too much because again, he's just he just is who he is. He's he, he looks the same, basically. And there's not much that the new seam can completely hide right now when they're still going through all this stuff. But it, I think Taylor said it was eighteen to three, defense mm-hmm. one. I, I, it looked closer to twenty one to nothing. Because oh, really? when they were when they ran through the first eleven eleven, they're going through situational stuff on the on the thirty five. The offense was went like zero for three with three incompletions. Looked so looked extremely bland. The defense was on, on it, and then honestly, like in the past couple of years when I've been the training camp, that's just been the, the basic theme with with that. And I don't know if it's the Dalton thing, or I don't know if it's just the offensive line always in a conflict with 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 just allowing pressure and whatnot, just disrupting all the flow of that. But yeah, definitely the defense looked very dominant today, at least relative to the offense. I know. Uh, Devontae Harris had a couple pass breakups in the second team. There's not not really been any difference between Jeff Driscoll or Ryan Finley when working with the second or third team. So the defense, uh, at least with, with the reserves, are getting good looks with that because, again, the quarterback play has not been outstanding in, in any regards. And obviously, when you don't have A.J. Green or John Rouse out there, the passing game is obviously a lot more bland, And especially because there's not much that they, they can really do. So definitely right now the defense has an edge with all those factors going in, and it's honestly just been the same as it has been for the past couple of years.
1: All right, we're going to take a quick break there. We're, we're going to talk a little bit more about how the defense beat the offense today and specifically that Jesse Bates interception. Go check out John's Twitter account for a video of that play. And that was also picked up by The Athletic, too, as one of their featured plays of the day. We'll be right back.
0: And we're back with the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Jake and Joe jo- joined by John Sheeran, my favorite Twitter account and Bengals writer out there. Um, that's that's no fluff there. That's That's real... What I feel, John's the best, and he's he's at training camp today and for, what, the rest of the week, this weekend at least? Two more days with pads on, so we'll get some good information from him. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, two underscores between John and Sheeran. But, John, I want to ask you, um, it sounds like we're not getting a traditional rotation on the D-line just based on – Uh, what we probably expected from previous years uh, under Marvin Lewis, where we could say three defensive line, three defensive ends were out there. And then Geno Watkins, it seemed like that was definitely up A couple uh, clips I'm looking at with like Kerry Wynn and Glasgow out there, Carl Lawson with Sam Hubbard. You know, I I was, I kept looking and thinking, well, Geno Watkins and Carlos Dunlap should be in there somewhere. What are you seeing on that rotation at all? Are you like, this is just a work in progress or do you think we're going to see more traditional fronts with like maybe, um, two D two D tackles, rushing the passer. I, I would uh, venture towards work in progress. You,
2: I even saw, like, the, the one thing that stuck out to me was Andrew Brown uh, line up at edge. I don't really know what that was all about. I don't know if they had dropped him down some way or whatnot, but that's, I think, something to keep an eye on. But guys <laughs> like Pris, Christian Ringo, Reno Wren, they're all getting uh, J- Josh Toop. Yeah, Tupo, obviously they're all getting. I would say equal opportunities behind Gino and Billings at, at defensive tackle, and obviously none of those guys are necessarily the the guys who are lined up on you know in in your nickel or your passer situations. But I think they're keeping it pretty open at least on the on the defensive line, and I, and again I can't really attest to right now if they're going into more uh, odd man fronts or or just sticking with the four man fronts or whatnot. Right now I think we'll find out. Uh, I think we'll find that out more as we get closer to the preseason. But I do think that they're, they're, they're giving a lot of those guys equal opportunities. And uh, some of those guys look really good right now. And obviously, you know, the talent on the interior offensive line is not what it used to be, at least in, in comparison to that to the past couple of years. But, you know, I, I like where the defense line is right now. And I like how they're keeping things open with that and keeping guys fresh, keeping guys rotated and just just letting guys play. And I, I like what they have right now. And I think it's, it's a good thing to go forward.
1: I think it's nice to hear that the defense is converting on the plays, even if it is because the offensive line is giving stuff up. The defensive line is winning where they should be. There's a clip you have out there of Carl Lawson whipping Andre Smith coming inside on that inside move where Andre oversets after he false starts. That's Uh,
0: always been his weakness.
1: Well, he he knows he's facing a speed rusher that wants to run around the arc, right? And that's Carl Lawson's go-to. You don't see Carl Lawson go to that counter inside move very often. And John Unless no, 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 it's him. that straight arm, right? No, yeah. This well, was just him stepping inside. Oh, okay. I see. So he just crossed his right. face. Yeah. So, so how did Andre look? And and how is Christian Musterman looking out there? Were you able to kit catch any of his reps to see how he's doing? In, in comparison, in comparing
2: those two guys, there there were a couple of instances where you, you just notice yeah Andre got beat, or he's just overcompensating for his lack of of speed around the edge. And like, <laughs> and you're exactly right. Like that one rep, he definitely falls started and lost and just being the smart. An intellectual rusher that he is, he, he pressured the pocket from the inside, forced Dalton to move outside, and I think it ended up causing a broken play. But there was something that I, I saw from Westerman that really stood out, and I guess it's mainly just a good thing. They It was a lot of running today, and I saw him you know, get to those linebackers pretty quickly, which has always been a, a strength of his. Um, n- nothing really too much blown up in his face, But, yeah, like when you're, t- when you're dealing with Westerman, it's, it's usually just, uh, eliminating the mental mistakes. And I only saw one time where he, he false started, and like I said, he got pulled for just a play, but that was about it for, for that. So uh, I, I wouldn't say there was anything that co- that gave the coaches pause that would force them to put Jerry back then, in there uh, like sooner than they, they planned to do. So if Jerry ends up taking first-team reps on, on Friday, I guess it's just a testament to the continuing of the rotation that's going on. But nothing too, nothing too bad, nothing too great from Westman. I think just a pretty even performance for him
0: uh, these past couple practices. We got a few clips and two from you that stand out today for me. And because I've j- obviously been writing these pieces about the Rams or the Bengals adjusting or, or adopting the Rams style offense, I think a lot of us expect it to, to look like that. But on the few clips we saw of the offense, I'm like, yeah, those are staple plays for the Rams. Uh, would you say, agree with that? Is this what, from based on what you see so far, would you say, yeah, these are this is exactly what I expect? Number one. Number two, this looks like uh, a Rams style offense. Definitely
2: just like hundred percent more pre-snap motion, like just a, a lot more than what I think you would expect. And honestly, it kind of scares me because you have both Josh Malone and Cody Core doing that stuff, and it's and, and you had you know them not going all the way to their spots, and Dalton mm-hmm. Driscoll yelling at them to to get up to get set or whatever, and that can lead to false start penalties during the actual game. So. With with those backup receivers, it kind of gets a little scary, but they're not they're not afraid to keep implementing it, and, and they're basically keeping on schedule with the guys out there. And I think that's that's good because they want to they want to hammer the stuff down with the, with the rest of the starters that are out there. But I, I would say that they're fully converging and fully making that transition to getting more pre snap motions in the in both the past and running game with the play action, getting a lot of stuff, getting getting the defense on its toes, which has always been the one thing that that we've always wanted to do. So I, I do think they're fully into that, even without like you know the main guys who are going to be benefiting off of that out there on the field right now
1: so you mentioned earlier speaking of the receivers and cody core and josh malone being the ones essentially tyler boyd isn't playing outside is that what i heard you say
2: uh if, if he is it's very rarely and like he's just basically just being kept in the slot with, with, with the rest of the ones and when they're in 12 personnel yeah it's just been malone and core with the occasion of Either Uzomo or Ifed, whoever the tight end is out there, they're occasionally split out wider in the slot, but it's mainly just been Boyd in the slot, whether he's on for the first team or the second team. Speaking That's of Ifed, where is he lining up then? Um, he's been practically everywhere. He got a couple downfield targets today. I think he made one catch, unfortunately a contested catch over the middle, oh, and I kind of held my breath as <laughs> he was running towards the sideline. But he, he he looks fine. He looks pretty healthy. I'm obviously holding my breath every time he touches the ball, but. Short slot, you know, big okay. slot, you know, in, in line or and just just off just off line of scrimmage. He's been practically everywhere.
1: So they're deploying the tight ends pretty variably. You're not noticing any packages or patterns necessarily. It's a rotation. It's it's Uzama this play, it's Sample this play, it's Uzama and Eifert. All those different combinations are happening.
2: Yeah. So right, right now, I think the the depth chart is probably Uzoma, Eifert, Sample, then Jordan Franks, who I think okay. I, I think I think Shrek is right now the fifth guy, maybe mm-hmm. because he's come back from injury, or maybe they just feel more comfortable with Franks that he played last year. But yeah, there's been packages where you, you have Uzoma and Sample on when they're in, like, 12 personnel or whatever. There's been Uzoma on the field, uh, or, with, with, along with Eifert, and there's just been um, 11 personnel in the second team with, with just Sample, or maybe just with Franks in the third team. But um, I haven't seen really a lot of heavy stuff quite yet, and I imagine that's when Sample and Uzoma both eat as blockers, but it's just been... Uh, somewhat of a a rotation between Uzoma and Eifert. I I think that's just because they're not trying to overwork Eifert right now, but I I would feel pretty comfortable labeling the depth chart as that right now.
0: Okay, that's good to hear. Um, What about backup quarterback? Is it Driscoll and then Finley? And have you noticed anything from either?
2: They're they're just interchangeable. The only difference is the number between six and five. Like Finley's not doing anything to really assert himself, and maybe that pushes them to keep three quarterbacks, but that's ultimately, I think, going to come down – to the preseason, they, they both look just pretty subpar, which is good. Which, which is honestly what, what we should have expected because Finley obviously hasn't had a good offseason so far and he wasn't obviously a, a home run of, of a prospect in the first place. But right. I think right now they're just more comfortable just because Driscoll is the veteran and he can do some things to his legs, which he kind of did earlier today.
1: I was going to say I would expect the difference with Driscoll to be his legs and running ability because he's probably, I would assume, more likely to tuck it and run than would be um Finley. So that's interesting to hear. Not necessarily too encouraging because they traded up for Finley, but we are going to take another quick break here. We'll be right back to wrap up our training camp. I guess this is technically day five, but it's the fourth practice open to the public just after this break. Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and
0: get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first Chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy. And best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the Lockdown Bengals podcast and we're back for segment three Jake and Joe here with the Lockdown Bengals podcast we got John Sheeran on as our guest today from training camp with the Bengals and John uh I saw Tyler Boyd back there returning punts is that right and is is he do you think he's actually going to do that in the season or is is he just getting reps because they know what they have in Alex Erickson I feel like we've seen him
2: do this before in camp. The the, yeah. the main surprise to me is Josh Malone. He's like right behind Erickson and Darius Phillips taking kickoff returns. And honestly, he's not doing a very good job of it. But it's been him, Boyd, uh, G.M. Bernard's gotten, gotten a couple of runs. I'm not sure if I if I saw Travion Williams. He might have been back there, but just never got his opportunity. But uh, yeah, Bo- Boyd has been back there and hasn't been doing much with that. I think he's only re- returned like one or two, but I would say right now it's obviously Erickson Phillips, but I would say Malone's probably ahead of Boyd right now, which is kind of surprising because I don't remember him ever doing that in college. Maybe I just, just just forgot. But like, it, I mean, he obviously doesn't have as much experience with Boyd, and you you would think that after signing the extension to Boyd, they would try to limit him doing that stuff. But yeah, I, th- I think Malone's right, right now ahead of him.
1: Malone is ahead of Boyd in punt returns. Is that, in that kick idea? returns? Yeah, kick returns. I mean, he's fast. Yeah. But you don't see those tall,
0: skinny guys doing that often. And, you know? and, he's, and he's muffed and dropped, like, just as many as
2: he's caught, which is surprising Like that they're, keep, they're keeping him out there doing it. But
0: Speaking of Malone, how's he looked on offense? I saw a couple clips. He looked like he was quick.
2: Yeah, like, I haven't seen any drops from him. They've been keeping the routes pretty simple. They apparently just emphasize, like, deep curls today for some reason. Like, literally, mm-hmm. I would say 70% of the routes were deep curls, either off play action or just off – just straight dropbacks but uh, him him and core just look fine as receivers right now and obviously there's just not much of the defense can do because it's the first day in pads but you know nothing too much to complain about obviously those are two guys that you would think at least one of them would be on the roster bubble but um, core is obviously still first team you know special teams kickoff teams or whatever and Malone's getting those looks as a kick returner so they're giving them opportunities in special teams to go along with them, you know, first team reps on offense, and they haven't they haven't really been blowing their spot yet so far.
1: You know, that's a good point. Since Darren Simmons is back, that is a pretty good shoe in for Cody Core to make the roster again as a special teamer. I did see in your clip of that deep Dalton interception. Just to revisit that again, it looked like Malone was was pretty well behind. Uh, William Jackson. I know William Jackson has great recovery speed, and you've seen him catch up on those before. But if that ball is out toward the toward the pylon instead of you know the inside of the numbers at the ten, and and to be fair to Dalton, that's probably a sack. Hubbard, it it is one hundred percent a sack. sack. Um, And and he's stepping up and throwing off platform after the plays in his mind, maybe like a little bit dead, maybe he's a little bit frustrated, but. If that throw goes out to the pylon, Cody or not Cody Core, Josh Malone probably has William Jackson beat for a touchdown. What do you think?
2: Yeah, and I I ended up posting that clip just to highlight Bates more than anything because he didn't really break on the ball. Like I, I didn't I didn't exactly get him on on camera like breaking towards the the sideline, but he didn't break on the ball until probably the ball was like a, 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 like a couple of feet out of Dalton's hands, So it was just emphasizing his ability to get from center field to the, to the sideline. And and again, mm-hmm. it was a, it was a piss poor throw. Obviously Dalton knew he was going to get sacked at that point. Just, I guess he just lobbed it up just to, just to do something for the play and, and give Malone a chance. But yeah, like you're right. Like I think Malone definitely had a chance to haul it in because he had, you know, William Jackson by just a half step, but it was more of a testament to just see how Bates could recover that quickly. And, and obviously his ball
0: skills as well.
1: Love Jesse Bates. Yeah. Excited for yeah. him.
0: I saw the same thing, too. I was looking at that, too, when you first posted it, and I was like, ooh, look at Bates get all the way across there. But uh, when we were there last year together, John, we were paying a – I think because the first day was a lot of special teams, but uh, we were paying attention to that because, as you know, that can really reflect on who the top 45 guys are as of today. we got a long way to go. But uh, is, was there anyone you saw on special teams and go, okay, you know, at the very least here, here's a guy that that's definitely probably going to make the roster or has a good shot because he's playing special teams?
2: Um, I can tell you someone who who wasn't, and that was Jordan Willis. He was getting chewed oh. out yesterday and today by Darren Simmons as a special teamer. But um, the the units haven't really changed that much. I wrote I wrote down just the guys in the kickoff. It was. Nickerson, uh, uh, Clayton Fedulum, Darius Phillips, Tony McCray, Bernie Wilson—they were like the main guys. I think Auden Tate. Uh, he, Aud Tate looks fine on special teams. He's not getting those first team reps, but he's getting second team kickoff reps. And and again, like I remember Sims talking about, we're not worried about his four-seven speed on kickoff returns because we have guys who are just, right. just as slow or fast as that. Tate looks fine, and he he actually went, you know they're going up against guys who have those like those like um like not 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 like dummy pads, but just like those. There's, like, padded stuff they're going up against when they're, when on those kickoffs. And Tay was just beating those guys down there. Trayvon Henderson looks fine on, on special teams. He's coming off a torn ACL himself. Uh, Jordan Franks, he, he looks after, active on special teams as well. Um, but, but yeah, like, no, no one's really standing out in, in regards to that. Um, but the one linebacker I saw more, more times than I'm making, making strides down there was uh, – what's his name? Noah Noah Dawkins, who just came back from – I think it was the NFI, activated a couple days ago. Nice. He looked really spry out there. Like, out of all the – undrafted linebackers to watch i think he's the guy that can make the most difference as in in coverage and just in space in general and on special teams especially when the preseason begins so if if there's a guy to watch there I i would probably pick him
1: let's get two more questions in here so speaking of jordan willis getting chewed out by darren simmons is he somebody that you see on the roster bubble as a surprise potential cut? Are there any guys like that that you're seeing that were probably, you know, mid-round draft picks that have been on the roster that are maybe old, old regime guys that might be in danger of their roster spot?
2: That That's probably the safest bet just by logic because he hasn't done anything. And- yeah like they just have a guy in carry when you could just do similar stuff. But I think he's, he's going to be given every chance to end up making the roster because they don't want to be wrong about that selection. At least Duke Tobin and his stuff and his guys don't want to be wrong about that. But uh, Willis has just, you know, just been the guy behind Dunlap and base and obviously um, contributing on special teams as well. Um, uh, other than that, like, my other guess would have been Josh Malone too, but they're giving him every chance on special teams as well. So I think they're just giving the, these guys from the old regime, old regime under you know a past coaching staff who just haven't done anything. They're just giving them a lot, a lot of chances to actually prove stuff in other capacities that they haven't really been exposed to. And spe- specifically, we're talking about you know, Malone and the receivers. You, you have both Green and Ross injured, so naturally those guys are going to get more opportunities as well. But um, it, like, who knows if Wells can just pop off for one more preseason? And, and that won't change really my perspective on, on who he is as a prospect because he still has to prove it in the regular season. But I I think we're going to get a chance to see him more snaps because I believe, you know, like the previous coaching staff kind of hit him a little bit because he just wasn't
0: good at all. But I think that might be different around this year.
2: Hmm.
0: Speaking of defensive ends and, um, if the top four guys, uh, we pretty much know who they are, is Kerry Wynn the fifth, or would you say he's over Jordan Willis and is Wynn playing as much inside as he's playing outside? Do you see him at all playing on the edge? Or is it just basically he's being a nickel D tackle? I believe he was the first on the first practice I was I was out there, I believe he was playing
2: over Willis as that sec- second team base defensive end. And obviously, you know, he's playing inside when they're going in nickel. So I think if if I had to guess, he would be over Willis right now. It's just because he's an, he's an, an Arumo guy and they could do more things with him. But it's maybe maybe I guess more like a five A five B type type situation oh, okay. with that. Yeah,
1: it's interesting to see where the guys the coaches know are coming from this year, and compared to previous years, like they all the, all these coaches know guys from teams that are not very good. So they're bringing in defensive backs and <laughs> offensive linemen. From Miami, and Miami wasn't very good at the time, or from New York, and you right. know, New York wasn't great last year. But on the other hand, I heard B.W. Webb had a pick today to go along with uh, Jesse Bates. You mentioned, was it Brandon Wilson had a couple pass breaks? No, Darius Phillips.
2: Uh, Devonte harris actually the yeah, other one. Right. man there's yeah. so many other yeah, fifth round pick
1: <laughs> so oh there's DBs. so many dvs uh but it's good to hear that some of the secondary guys are getting their hands on the ball still playing well the defensive line sounds like it's playing well again but again we thought that was going to be a strength last year and maybe that's just a product of the offensive line more than anything we'll hope that that's not the case joe any last questions for john before you wrap up Yes,
0: Uh, John, what do you have coming up that we can read or uh, watch or listen to, and uh, what can we look forward to?
2: Well, you you guys can find my work on Cincy Jungle, and you can also find my voice on the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, the Cincy Jungle podcast we record live every Wednesday. We were not actually on this Wednesday. We are recording uh, Thursday this week, but me and Anthony Caz- Cazenza, a long time Cincinnati Jungle Writer, there we we host a podcast uh, every week, and he actually told me to pump this podcast on the Rival podcast, so that's exactly what I'm doing.
0: This Three is rivals. not a Rival, no. <laughs> I think we're his word's not mine.
1: We're is the left uh, hand the
0: Rival to the right hand? I was like gonna
1: that? say. I, I know it's good. It's a good one. I was gonna I say we're serving say different that. purposes. You know, <laughs> we we got uh, the daily and the weekly. It's different.
2: You guys could never be my rivals because
1: I'm just better than you. Oh, right. I think Danny Kelly's a better shit talker. Anyway, that's going to do it for the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Today we had on John Sheeran from CincyJungle.com. Go find him at Twitter, at John underscore underscore Sheeran. One day he'll get the single underscore name on Twitter. Until next time, Bengals fans, go find the podcast on the Himalaya Podcast app, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcast or iTunes, and on Spotify. Have a good one.